Euro closure was 12, so this this is this is uh, 13. So, all right, okay. So, yeah. boom. Hello, welcome to Defen, episode 13. Unlucky for some, especially our guests, I think. Uh, no, for right. me, it's actually kind of a lucky number. All right, okay. <laughs> Who is that? Who is that? <laughs> Who is that? Who is that voice? <laughs> it's, it's, it's Ray in Belgium here. And Vijay from Holland. And this is Arna, tuning in from Berlin. Hello, Arna. Welcome to Defen, episode number 13, the lucky number. Yeah, hey, Vijay, hey, Ray, how's it going? It's going well. It's going pretty good, pretty good. So first, um, let's 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 talk about a bit, um, as, as Ray was mentioning before the show, we're still in the afterglow of Euro Closure. So uh, I think we had fantastic time at, uh, at Euro Closure and, and uh, we got to meet a lot of um, excellent uh, developers and, you know, people who are into all the, all the closureians or whatever those people call themselves these days. I don't know. Clo- closureians, I think. Closureians, closurists. Yeah, yeah closurists, yeah. And then we also got to record some... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we also got to record some uh, nice um, chats with them and uh, we're still processing those things and uh, the, the, this, those episodes should be up uh, pretty soon on the on the pipes. Yeah, actually, interweb- we're, we're going to do something special as well, aren't we? Because we took our camera along as well. Yeah. Um, we did a bit of video recording. We had a, a mini um, mini TV studio yeah. set up. It's quite <laughs> hilarious, actually. And uh, <laughs> so we're going to put some stuff on the YouTube channels as well. So yeah. we'll have the podcasts, we'll have like the recordings, but also we'll have some visuals as well. Which will yeah. be uh, a novelty for uh, for Defen. That's yeah. for sure. I think I think it would be. It would be really nice if we can voice swap on the videos. Like when I'm speaking, you know, I should be speaking in, in Ray's voice. And then when Ray ah. is speaking, it should be in the Indian voice. That would be hilarious when people <laughs> watch the videos. They, they get super confused. Like, wait, what? <laughs> I shall tell Wouter, who's doing the editing, to, uh, to swap us over like that. Yeah. <laughs> that, should, that, that should trick people. I'm actually going to change it. I'm going to make you like the chipmunk. Uh, <laughs> that's probably the best thing (laughs) yeah that'll be cool but anyway i mean it was a fantastic conference with uh with great talks and everything and um and 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 arne i mean what what was your um your perspective on on euro closure so i i had a really good time Uh, it was my first time in bratislava uh and we went there with a big delegation from berlin it's always nice uh, so Malvina and I had the opportunity to do a talk on Closure Bridge, and that was great. It's always great to to get the word out and you know to to show people what we're doing, but also to to you know show people that they can do the same. Um, hmm. I talked to a lot of people. Um, I spent, I have to say, I missed a lot of the talks. I'm actually really waiting for the videos to come out because I've sort of <laughs> been asking everybody which talks they like best, and then I'm going to watch those on the videos because <laughs> um, I just All of spent them. A, yes. yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> So we, we had a booth, uh, we had a table in the back from Closure Bridge, and so I spent a lot of time there just sort of manning the booth and talking to people, um, which was co- cool, you know? I just spent a lot of time in the hallway track uh, meeting meeting people, some people that I knew from online that I haven't met in person yet. So uh, it was it was great. It was really well organized, had a very good time. Yeah. I think it was a, it was a fantastic conference. Of course, I mean, uh, I was um, attending, I think, most of the talks, apart from the time where we spent uh, talking to the speakers in our uh, makeshift uh, Defen studio, yeah, uh, it was it was. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of enthusiasm, and um, I, every I think this is almost like um, 
third or fourth Euro closure for me. The one that I missed was in Barcelona. Uh, rest of the things I, I attended all of them. So you can see consistently, you know, uh, the, like the growing enthusiasm of the people and especially the talks, which are not just about technology, but also application of technology in different domains. So that was, um, was especially the, the medical uh, stuff that, that one of the talk was based on. That was pretty cool, actually. But um, anyway, so... Um, yeah, before we go on, remember, I had a talk there as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I, I was about to say about that, that one. So we had, we had deaf, deaf joke session by Ray, which was uh, we expected four people, but it ended up having almost like 400 people, I think. 400, yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. We, can, we, can, we, can, we can exaggerate. Was that the, the, the unsession about comedy and closure? Was that you? Yes. I saw, I saw yes. that on the wiki. I didn't realize yeah. it was you. Oh, you should have came along. Actually, it was quite well attended. Far, yeah. far, far, far in excess of my expectations. Um, the, the, the sad thing about it was that uh, we didn't have a PA system, so and I had a bit of a cold, so... I don't know. Yeah. It was quite well. It went quite well. It was quite funny, and uh, yeah, people yeah. enjoyed it. And um, circumstances uh, considered, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I, I, my my son who came out as well with me, um, who did some of the recording for us, he got a video of the of the of the on session. But the quality isn't that great. Um, but I might still put it up there. I might still. Well, I'll, I'll let VJ and uh, have a look to see if he thinks it's good enough quality. Yeah. Um, but it, but it, it's it was fun anyway. It was good doing it. Um, it's the first time I've ever done anything like that at uh, at a at a conference so, or in, in in real life. So it was uh, it was quite good fun to do it. Um, yeah. Definitely something I'd like to do in the future as well. Actually, I'm hoping to do something at the closure days. Or maybe I'll uh, put a deaf joke in for closure D, Anna. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that would be uh, nice. I'm sure they'd be open for that. Yeah, you know, it was it was a, it was a bit of fun, and it got some great feedback, some great audience participation. That was the awesome thing about it, actually. Yeah. And, so what uh, what 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 happened exactly? Like how how did the two combine? I'm sorry. How do you com- what? Yeah, closure and, and and comedy. What's what's the link? Yeah, I'm ah, well, just it finding a- it hard to how to how to imagine like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a, it was a macro called Deaf Joke, um, which you <laughs> used see. to construct functional programming jokes. And uh, and it was just basically going through the various building blocks and patterns and those kind of things, and uh, yeah. So I I I I'll leave the uh, the the rest to your imagination. Uh, <laughs> yeah, about, there about is there YouTube. is a lot to be imagined. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was but it, the nice thing about it was that um, I I got a kind of lot of uh, ribbing afterwards and uh, and a lot of feedback from people who were wanting to give me all kinds of ideas for different types of deaf jokes. So that was good. So. I, there's, there's t- I think there's a rich vein of material to be mined there. So I think a few more conference talks were in order. Anyway, mm-hmm. yes. So okay, maybe that, that's should, probably enough about that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. a hell of a conference. I think I've just about recovered from it, actually. There were some very late nights. Oh, my God. Some very late nights. <laughs> very early mornings yeah i I actually i've been i've been sober since the after party just uh (laughs) (laughs) was enough had enough yeah all right well that's good so vj yes uh so i think it would be nice if we um give some idea about our our guest on the on the show so arna um arne arna 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 yeah yeah so um you're from belgium living in berlin Exactly, and, and you're a um, enclosure uh, practitioner, obviously, and and uh, you have um, um, you have uh, released a lining and template uh, called Chestnut, 
that, that is, is correct. That people are known about, and also, of course, you're doing the screencast for uh, Lambda Island. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm. Uh, so my name's Arne. I'm. I'm originally from Belgium. Uh, moved to Berlin about four years ago, um, and up to up to that point, I was uh, I was mostly doing Ruby. I've actually. Uh, doing a lot of Ruby in the past. Um, that's sort of been my main language, uh, you know, going back to 2005, 2006 with the first uh, Rails boom. Hmm. Um, but I've also always had a, a soft spot for, for functional programming. Um, I'm a longtime Emacs user that kind of, that, uh, you know, set, <laughs> set me on the... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, it's two one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm also a vegetarian if that uh, if that helps yeah, to sort of course. balance, balance things out. So so Emacs kind of gave me a taste for Lisp, uh, and then you know I'm actually I did a lot of Java in uni, uh, which mm. you know I know Java gets a bad rep in some circles, but you know I I never did much of of the enterprisey Java. Luckily, um, so mm. so I have fond memories of doing Java. Um, and then when, when, you know, when I first saw Clojure, okay, you know, functional programming, a Lisp on the JVM, you know, it just, it all came together. It just all made sense. Um, and then, uh, what, what really got me hooked in the end was Overtone. Oh, okay. Uh, started playing with Overtone, uh, and yeah, the, the rest is history. And then, yeah, got it, uh, started looking at, at how to do web development with, with Clojure, you know, mm. what's the story on the front end? What's the story on the back end? Um, this was sort of, you know, when React was still very young and, and there was Ohm, there, was, there wasn't there Ohm next yet. I think maybe Reagent was already around. Yeah. Um, but so I was, you know, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to try Ohm. I wanted to try FigWheel. Um, I wanted to do it from Emacs and have my browser-connected REPL that would work, you know, with, with CIDR. Um, and that all was just so hard to set up. And mm -hmm. so I spend a, a long weekend, you know, like oh, either either Figwheel would be working or the REPL would be working, but then, the, you know, the the auto reloading would break again. And um, in the end, when I finally got a working setup, I just threw that out and and tweeted about it, mm -hmm. and people loved it. You know, it was really sort of okay, finally something that I can just you know Git clone, um, line line REPL, and then you know run and and off you go. Um, so people really liked it, and so I turned into a, a lining and template, and and it's sort of been uh, evolving a bit since then, and and kind of became a a household name in in the closure community. Like I'm still, yeah. um, you know, surprised, but but it it regularly happens that I see someone mention it in a a conference talk or a, or a blog post, and it's it's really amazing how that took off. I mean, it also really helped that David Nolan tweeted about it very early yeah, on. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also it has like almost thousand stars on GitHub, so you know that that's an achievement. So yeah, so I, th I think popularity. Yeah, um, I mean, and people still use it. Yeah, uh, I have to say, I, I was you know it's still kind of a closure noob at that point, um, mm. and and it's kind of it's been improved over the years. But for instance, it it doesn't use um, any any component system. Mm. Um, things like that. There's, there's various ways that, you know, probably if I would do it all over, I would do it in a different way. And I've been sort of thinking about, you know, what could be the chestnut next. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've just sort of too much on my plate uh, to <laughs> to really work on that. Would I use boot? Um, 
Yeah, I'm allowed to ask the question out loud. I'm just putting this chat there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. The, the, the side, side channels. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth yeah, wall. I was just wondering, actually, because you said it was a Leinigan plug-in. So I'm just wondering, because, uh, you know, we talked to um, Misha uh, on, in the past about Hoplon and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, it's a very different way of looking at the web to, to, to all the React stuff. Um, but I was just wondering, yeah, if you played with Boot at all. I've played a tiny bit with Boot. Um, have to say I haven't used it that much yet. Mm. Um, people have to ask repeatedly if I would make a boot version of Chestnut. Mm. Um, I haven't done that so far because I found that, you know, there's already a bunch of different flags in there to kind of get different versions of it. Um, and I found that that very quickly leads to a lot of complexity, you know, just maintaining the thing that, that the the amount of combinations blows up. That's yeah. one reason why I haven't uh, turned it into a boot thing. There's there's community alternatives that kind of do the same thing with booth. Right, um, right, right. No, you main... no point in reinventing the wheel, is there? If someone else has done a similar equivalent, then fine, yeah? Yeah, but my main sentiment about this is that actually, um, you know, I think both, both lining and or boot, um, if you look at Chestnut, like it's a massive lining and file. Um, mm. And I feel that, you know, if I would do it over again, I would do much less um, through Lining and then much more inside the application. Like all of that stuff that Lining is managing, uh, your your NREPL, your fig wheel, you know, instead mm-hmm. of having that done through Lining and Lining and plugins, just have that be, you know, system components uh, in, in your app. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the way that boot works, isn't it, actually, is that it's more code that's extendable and you just write your code and... So it's not like this plug-in stuff where you have to conform to the Lanigan way. You know, mm. you can just write any code that you want. Which is yeah, why it's... boot might be more appealing to you in the future. But anyway, there that is are. true. Yeah. Actually, I just kind of I always held that you know boot. From what I've seen of it, I think boot is is great. Um, but you know, what, I I always really keep in mind like what you know is it is it helping beginners? Is it helping newcomers? Um, and you know, there's downsides to lining, and but it's a standard in a way. Mm. Um, and so I've always had very mixed feelings about this. Like, yes, I appreciate that people are trying to approve things, um, but now it's just like another thing when someone comes to closure and it's like, oh, you know, lining and boot. Just, yeah. just having to make that choice can be enough to yeah. to turn people off. Yeah. Uh, we're going to uh, get into... Oh, sorry, Vijay, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I'd like to take a quick step back. So um, because um, I wanted to ask you, how did you learn Clojure? I mean, what was your your path? I mean, did you read any books or, or how, how did you get into Clojure actually? Good question. Um, I mean, I, I started out with a couple tutorials. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember which one. Like they weren't particularly great tutorials, but just sort of, you know, the main data structures and the main syntax. Um, and then just started playing with it. Uh, like mm-hmm. I said, uh, Overtone was really important for me at the beginning. Yeah, and then um, I read the Joy of Closure pretty early yeah. on. Okay, um, and that was a big one for me, even though it was already probably too advanced for for my level then. Like you know, mm-hmm. I looking at it now, like I, now I've read you know at least half a dozen closure books, and I would say like, okay, don't read Joy of Closure first. Yeah, I yeah. made that mistake too. Yeah, it was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, oh I mean, my I, god, these are too hard. <laughs> I, I worked my way through it and and yeah. learned a ton. 
Um, and I would love to reread it actually now to see yeah. how much more I would get out of it. Yeah, likewise, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was that was a big one. Yeah. And, and, and staying on the same same theme, so obviously you're now you're now part of Closure Bridge. Uh, you've been running the workshops for for teaching people uh, closure, and also the same theme extends into your Lambda Island. You're making screencasts about uh, learning learning closure. So um, how 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 did you get into Closure Bridge? I mean, how did it all start, and what what are you doing with Closure Bridge? Uh, that's a that's a funny funny story actually. So. Um, it all kind of started uh, at the Ruby Monsters. So oh. there's a really active Rails Girls community in Berlin. So they also do uh, free workshops for um, women or other underrepresented groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I was a coach at Rails Girls for several years. And mm-hmm. one of the great things with Rails Girls is in Berlin is that after the workshop, they several study groups formed that sort of meet every week to continue to learn. You know, okay. they just have the same same people that go there every like with the Ruby Monsters. It's every Monday evening. Mm. They have a couple of coaches there, and they kind of work their way through a curriculum, and then eventually build an app. So I had been uh, a coach at Ruby Monsters every Monday evening for a year or year and a half, maybe two years. Mm. And when when I was you know really started spending more time with Closure, and I was playing around with Overtone, and I showed some people there Overtone. You know, and like, oh, this is, you know, look at this. You can make music with this. And, you know, it's 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 cool. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so we basically split off. Like we started, we, we kept on meeting every Monday at the same place, but we were sort of, you know, the first there were the just- the closure on the side. Yeah, there were just, just three of us um, that were sort of <laughs> sitting on the side doing this weird closure stuff. Okay. Um, and then a couple more people joined. You know, then we were five uh, in our mm. little closure group. And it it was all, I mean, looking at back at it now, you know, we did, these were like people that were still learning programming and we were yeah. like covering Overtone, Closure and Emacs all at the wow. same time. Um, <laughs> you know, it was like complete overload, but it was awesome. We did a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Closure Bridge Zollingen happened. So this mm. was the first Closure Bridge in Germany in like another city uh, more in the West. Mm. Um and we saw this and we we're like, wait, what? Like they're doing a closure bridge in this random city that half of us haven't heard of. And there's not a closure <laughs> bridge in Berlin. Like, how is this possible? And then mm. we decided to do a closure bridge, what I think, which I think some people afterwards regretted because it's a lot of work. Um, and yeah. yeah, that first workshop was, uh, you know, was was tough at times. And then the second one, I think, was even harder because everybody was like, oh, you know, still a bit recovering from the first one. Yeah, mm-hmm. but once we had made that push to like, okay, six months later, let's let's just do this again, mm. and then once the second workshop had happened, you know, we were kind of in this rhythm, and it just kept going, and now we're two years in. And, okay. Yeah. And and what is the structure of the of the closure bridge? Is it is it like a like a one day training in closure, and who and who is working on the curriculum and everything? Yeah, so it's a, it's typically a one day workshop. So we yeah. uh, on Friday evening everybody meets up and it's it's called the install fest. We just you know make sure everybody's laptop is okay, that they have all the stuff mm. that they need, um, and then the next day you know everybody gets together. We have some breakfast, we have an opening presentation, mm. and then we split everybody in groups. Mm-hmm. So there's usually groups of about four students with two coaches, and then they work their way through the curriculum. Okay, and there's a. There's a closure bridge curriculum that, uh, I mean, we kind of, you know, we've made some changes for the Berlin team. Some of those have gone back upstream, but there's kind mm-hmm. of a shared curriculum that all closure bridges use. Okay. Um, that just kind of goes through the basics, you know, functions, data structures. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon, 
we get them to work on a Quill app. Okay, right. So they, they do graphics and it's very hands-on. Yeah. And it's it's amazing how much, you know, you can do in a day. And that's one of the things that I love about Closure Bridge. Yeah. Like, you know, when you do Rails Girls, you're, you're so... It's so challenging to just, you know, just the basic concept of Ruby and Rails to pack that in a single day. Hmm. Whereas with Closure, you can like pack all the basic concepts in half a day and then have yeah. half a day to play around with graphics. Yeah. And so we have a demo at the end of the day where people can show their quill sketches. Hmm. Uh, and it's it's super impressive. It's always really cool what people come up with. Okay. That's pretty nice. Um, so we're, we're actually going to do a, I think you're looking at doing a closure bridge as well, VJ, aren't you? And we're thinking yeah. about it in uh, in Belgium too. The, the yeah. interesting thing about closure bridge for me um, is, I mean, we're a relatively small community in the first place. So the, the big question I think is how do you, how do you um, market this thing? You know, how do, how do you get it out there? What, you know, what, what sort of tentacles do you put out into the community to make these kind of things happen? Hmm. Good question, because it's really important to to reach out. Actually, it makes a huge difference. So, I think in the first workshops, you know, we just sort of we tweeted about it. We told our friends, um, and so we got a lot of people, you know, a lot of familiar faces, faces that we already knew from the Rails Girls community, from sort of the Berlin tech community, and people around that. Um, but then later on we we decided to make a, a bigger effort to really reach out and try to find you know reach out to to other groups that that would not necessarily find us um mm. and so what we do now we we actually print flyers and posters we put those around uh, universities we put those just around on the street in town um bakeries or, or uh, libraries whatever mm. um there's also um a couple people that sort of look around for uh, Facebook groups or mailing lists, anything from, you know, feminist or L LGBTQ or, mm. you know, all these kind of sub communities that, that yep. might be tangentially interested in what we're doing, just sort of mm. give them a shout, hey, we're doing this. Um, and so that's how, you know, on the last workshop, we had 150 people sign up. Wow. Um, we don't have enough space for them, unfortunately. Like we've been growing slowly. Yeah. I think the last workshop we had 35, 36 attendees. Uh, this time we're going for 40. So that's kind of the drawback of that. We we have to um, disappoint a lot of people, but but you do really notice the the added diversity on on the yeah. day. You know, like it's not just that that they're yeah. they're um, women or, or non-binary, but it's sort of you know people with different backgrounds from different you know yeah. different communities and that's that's really nice to see what do you do do you do like a first come first serve type thing or do you have some other filters or how does that work we um have a system where we pick people at random mm -hmm. um, and then give them a limited amount of time to confirm right so this is a system that that um basically we inherited also from rails girls because the problem is if you do it first come first serve then um you get a lot of people that sign up just to to make sure they have a slot but they might not be 100 percent sure yet if mm -hmm. if they can make it or or you know they sign up a month beforehand and and circumstances change and so what you get with a lot of free events like this and i've i've heard this from from similar workshops all around that they get a lot of no-shows you know, sometimes up to half of the people just don't show up. And this is this is super sad because, you know, you only have so much space. You're already sending so many people away yeah, and then yeah, half don't yeah. show up. 
Yeah, you don't want to be disappointing the people that could have actually went. Yeah, that's really annoying. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So okay. we, we invite, you know, we say like, okay, we want to invite 40 people. We pick 40 people at random and we say, confirm within a week. And then yeah. a week later, we see how many spaces freed up. We invite more. And so we that's that's kind of what's happening now. Our next workshop's in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And so me and someone else were basically constantly in the in the mailbox checking like, okay, who's replying and keeping that all up to date. Okay. Uh, and another question for you is that what, what kind of proportion of like non-male, white males do you, do you kind of want to bring to the party? You know, because again, if you're under, underrepresented groups, you want to have, you know, women, ethnic minorities, all these kind of other kind of like uh, LGBT type um, people. How do you uh, how do you structure the kind of teaching staff um, to to be to be sim- well? I don't know about to be sympathetic, but to be because I hope everyone is. But I mean to be kind of more like those people, or to to, to make them feel more Excellent. welcome. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the main thing. So this this is yeah this is a bootstrapping problem, right? Like, and this yeah, is also something yeah. I talk about with with other communities that you know what is it. Is it still a good idea to do this kind of workshop if, if basically all your coaches are are white guys? You yeah. know, is that isn't that kind of setting the wrong example? Yeah. Um, and so what what we do we we are lucky that that in this community we do have um, a good group of uh, women that that can do those things and and are there um, to help us do that. Uh, the organization is mixed, but at least half of them uh, are women mm. and. What we especially do is um, make sure that that those women have the most visible positions. Mm, so, yeah. and any presentations, uh, we tend to make sure that that the women do that. Uh, also, we've been going for two years now, and so uh, we also have now our, our study group of our own people that are studying every week, continuing to learn closure. Right. And so we already have several people that you know were at the same workshop. That are coaching now, or that are helping to organize now. Yeah, that's so yeah. it's really starting to feed into itself, which is mm. which is nice to see. Yeah, okay. that's awesome. So, yeah, um, sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah. So I was wondering. Uh, obviously, I mean, these kind of things need need some sort of a sponsorship. So how how do you manage the sponsorship? I mean, who is putting? You you must have some expenses. I mean, you you need to have some space and food or or something like that for people. Yeah, um, yeah, we so, do have expenses. Um, yeah. Especially food is one of our bigger expenses, um, yeah. or sometimes we've done t-shirts, t-shirts get expensive. Mm. Um, so we, we just, we, we kind of drafted up uh, a number of sponsorship tiers. So mm. at the moment that goes from uh, from 700 for a platinum sponsorship down to 250 for just sort of a supporter uh, yeah. sponsorship. And then we start emailing people. We, mm. we have a, a GitHub, we track these things over GitHub issues. It's actually all all public if you want to see this. Okay. Um, so we just have sort of a long list of companies that, that use Clojure or are sympathetic to our cause. Mm. And then people just pick someone of the list and write them an email, say, do you want to do you want to support us? Yeah. Um, and, mm. and yeah, we're also just talking to a lot of people, you know, Euro Clojure meetups. Yeah. That all helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it has been uh, successful so far, as in you were not constrained by uh, by money, hopefully. No, it yeah. has been successful so far. Um, yeah. Actually, we've we've been lucky enough to always raise a little bit more than we needed so far, yeah. um, and we collaborate for this with Travis Foundation. Mm. So Excellent. there's there's yeah there's Travis CI, which is this yeah, continuous yeah. integration app, um, but they also have 
a foundation so they which they put a bunch of their own money in but which is also crowdfunded um, and the foundation does things like rails girl summer of code yeah. where they they fund women to work on open source for a for a summer um and so also things like like closure bridge we can use travis foundation to help mm -hmm. us with our finances so if uh, if a sponsor wants to give us money we can do one of two things you know if we say like okay you want to sponsor for 500 euros here's a food bill for 500 euros you know mm -hmm. you two figure mm -hmm. it out yeah. that's that's usually the easiest but that that doesn't always work it doesn't always match up mm -hmm. so then they make a donation to travis foundation Travis Foundation can give them a tax receipt, which is, you know, in bureaucratic Germany, it's important that that's an official non-profit. Yeah, um, yeah. And then any costs we have, we just get Travis Foundation to refund us. So that's kind of nice. And we've been building up a small uh, amount of savings in, in yeah. Travis Foundation kind of for a rainy day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah. Actually, we, we are, uh, at least I heard that in the Netherlands, they're working on the Closure Bridge NL. Um, it's still it's still in the in the, in the progress. Probably you know already. I don't know. Uh, I have heard mentions. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, uh, yeah, I believe some people came by our our booth at Europe Closure from yeah. the Netherlands that were yeah. interested in organizing a workshop. Yeah, yeah, it would be it would be great. Um, Actually, my uh, my wife I think just spoke uh, to you guys at uh, at Euro Closure, and uh, she's also in talks with the Closure Bridge uh, NL group because yeah. she she did some um, coaching at Django Girls before. Uh, oh yeah, right. For for one day in the Hague. And um, I think she's gonna help with the closure bridge in and out. So I think uh, she she she's interested in doing that. Uh, but uh, we'll see how when when it is gonna be solidified in terms of planning and everything. So yeah, looking uh, forward. Like there's been yeah. I didn't think it's five or six countries in Europe that have yeah. had uh, closure bridges so far. And mm. I'm really curious to see now because we we had a lot of positive feedback at Europe Closure, like mm. speaking about it. Um, if we manage to inspire some some local chapters, you know, really yeah. really curious yeah. to see what will come of that. Yeah, that's yeah. brilliant stuff, Anna. Really is. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think we can, uh, you know, we can thank you for setting these kind of things up and, as you say, yeah. getting some tips on the infrastructure. Um, yeah, you know, and I have to say, like, it's we we are a whole team, you know. Like, I right. I don't I really don't want to take too much credit for no, for no, no, closure no, no, bridge. No, no, there's no, really there's a lot of people like here. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, there's a lot of enthusiasm at the Euro closure actually amongst um, amongst the, the the you and Malwine and also there was some other uh, ladies girls at the Euro closure who were very enthusiastic about it. So it's obviously you know growing, which is fantastic, you know. Mm. It and it it really works. Like uh, so, if you go to the to the Berlin closure meetup now, it's uh, it's it's a very diverse uh, and and mixed crowd, mm. and. You know, we're we're really spoiled in Berlin in in that way. I think if you go to to meetups in a lot of other places, it's it's not the case. That's true. Um, <laughs> so that's that's uh, you know something that you see that it it really works. If you start doing this in your city, you know, yeah. regularly a year or two later, you you really reap the rewards. So mm. I can only hardly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think exactly. more 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 people need to be, I don't know exposed to this awesomeness i, I agree <laughs> you know more people need to get into the parenthesis that, that's pretty cool <laughs> um okay so continue on, on on the let's continue on the same theme so you know uh, training people with with closure so um you've been doing this podcasts um or, or sorry screencasts uh, uh -huh. for for uh, for closure um, exactly and that's called lambda island right yeah uh, so w what is the plan what is the plan behind it and how did you start it and what are you teaching people in that one so I started Lambda Island um, today, seven months ago. 
Oh, wow. So okay. I launched the uh, 13th uh, of May on a Friday the 13th. Uh, <laughs> and you are on the 13th episode. Uh, this is this is universe and it's Sunday conspiring. the 13th as well. So yeah. yeah. No, this yeah. this was basically my way of saying, you know, I have so much faith in closure that I'm I'm happy to launch on a Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah. So and then yeah, I uh, so it's a site where people can subscribe and then watch the videos that I make. Mm. Um, it's the, the 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 main team is closure web development okay um so there's there's backend stuff there there's there's front-end stuff mm. uh there are kind of four thread tracks so there's the backend, the front end then i have some episodes that are more specifically about tooling because mm. um, this is one of the things that you know when i talk to people and they get stuck on tooling and it's it's the most it's the most horrible thing to get stuck on you know yeah um yeah. so i really try to pick some things apart like how how to use you know fig wheel with emacs or or mm. how does the you know what are all these options that go to the closure script compiler there's some episodes about that kind of stuff yeah. um, and then there are some episodes just about sort of fundamentals what i call fundamentals like the sum function you know this this weird little function that half of the people don't really understand what what's it for yeah. um or uh, i had an episode about spec uh, which a lot of people watched yeah and so some of these episodes are free um yeah. but but most of them yeah you need to take a subscription it's it's comparatively cheap um think you yeah. know maybe in in january or february i'm going to start raising my prices a little bit but you know had to build had to build a bit of a catalog first so okay so people who are listening so go and subscribe now because the prices are going to go up yeah <laughs> yeah i'll Feel i'll send four more. I'll, I'll i'll send a bit of advance warning you know so uh, <laughs> people can yeah, get yeah. their subscriptions ready so, so what's your plan for this one? So you, you want to make it like a, a kind of a connected tutorial sort of thing or individual episodes or, or you know, like, this is like bite-sized um, standalone episodes? It's a bit of both. Um, okay. So episodes are, are 10 to 15 minutes typically. Okay. And most of them you should be able to watch standalone. Mm. Um, but there are also certain threads. I mean, some are like there. There's, uh, I think, three episodes that just sort of talk about everything that's inside Luminous. Yep. Those obviously kind of go together. Um, and then there's three episodes that are very beginner friendly about Ring. Yeah. So those kind of go together. But then, for instance, there's all the episodes that that built on React. So I started with an episode about using React without any free framework, just React with Closure Script. Mm. And then the next episode went into Reagent, mm. and then I had some more episodes about specific parts of Reagent, and now I'm I'm covering Reframe, and okay. so those kind of built on top of each other. But if yep. you already know React, if you're already familiar with the principles of React, you know mm. you can skip ahead to Reagent, or if you already you know seen Reagent or at least know you know a bit of of React and, and know what Hiccup is, maybe yeah. you can skip straight to to Reframe. Okay. So I do try to kind of make them self-contained to a to a point. Okay. How many how many videos do you have right now? Uh 19 okay. I think. Oh wow, 19. Okay. Yeah, 19. It's it's between 3 and 4 hours of of content now. Oh, very nice. Okay. And how how much what, what what's the kind of uh maybe before we get in, I mean, you tell me. What about the process for making these kind of things? I'm guessing that it's probably a big effort to Emacs. make each one of those videos. Shut up with the Emacs, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's not using Emacs to edit the fucking videos. Yeah? That, is, that is correct. <laughs> Boom! 
I'm I'm even um shocker, I'm even rebooting to Windows to edit the videos. Oh Jesus Christ. Uh. Oh, wow. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm yeah, I'm skipping ahead now. So I, I started out um my original plan was to you know I w- Oh, so, so so I launched and I, I said okay I'm not sure like how many videos how, how often I'll, I'll be making a video I'm just gonna gonna see how how well the process goes hmm. but ever you know so many people kept asking but you know if I'm gonna get a subscription how often are you gonna post so I said like okay you know I'm gonna start with once a week and kind of see where it goes from there hmm. um, this turned out to be very optimistic um, and so then I kind of dropped to 10 days two weeks um, that, and that's that's kind of a, a reasonable publishing schedule for me. So, what 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 goes into an episode is basically so once I know my topic, uh, I research the topic. I you know I'm often like I'm I'm playing around with it. I might be reading the code, reading documentation, asking questions on Slack, make sure that I that I really know what I'm talking about. I mean, some things I already know quite well, but obviously not everything. Yeah. Um, and I think there's also a lot of value in sort of teaching as you learn. So mm. you you know the yeah. pain is still fresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I I try to find a good example, like okay, what's the code that I'm going to show? I, I prefer to have some kind of practical thing that I can really show, like here's a here's an app or here's something that does something. So then I I go into coding mode and I try to build something that's kind of you know neat and clean and easy to to help me explain things. Hmm. Um, then I go into writing and so I write the whole script for the episode, which is you know what I'm going to say plus the code, what I'm going to say plus the code. So that's just one markdown file, okay. um, which then later also serves as the transcript on the site. Mm. And then I go into recording. So I have this thingy. Yeah, I can show to you. People on the podcast obviously can't see it, <laughs> but I, I have this kind of MIDI controller that I have an elaborate script um, so I can record either video or voice or take a screen ca- uh, a screenshot. Yeah, that that kind of just generates timestamped files um and so for each scene so th- this markdown file is kind of divided in scenes 10 yeah. 15 seconds each i'll record the video then i'll record the audio mm-hmm. and then all of that uh goes into vegas i'm using sony vegas mm-hmm. uh so then yeah it's another half a day of, of sticking that all together and then you got uh, your 10 minutes of videos and then wow. you're you know one one week further on and then you haven't done any marketing yet or you know <laughs> yeah. that is that is significant amount of work wow okay yeah i mean it's i i mean i do i do recognize that i might be overdoing it but at the moment it's the only way that i know how yeah, um, yeah. and i do get a lot of compliments on the production mm. quality of the videos yeah so i think that's just sort of the trade off now that yes like you know releases will be a bit slower mm-hmm. but you know you're gonna get value for your money yeah and yeah. i am trying to improve the process um there's still several things that i you know it's already gotten a lot better i've gotten a lot better and and mm-hmm. at the writing and at the recording um yeah. but yeah I'm, I'm i'm assuming i'm gonna keep getting better at this and hopefully you know yeah yeah it'll only get easier from here on okay so obviously, I mean, you've been very busy with uh, uh, with Lambda Island and Closure Bridge and all of the stuff. So, so what is your your day job, or what do you do other than these things? I, I'm, I'm, I really sincerely wish that you know you could you could make your full uh, living based on Lambda Island. You know, the, I yeah, hope there is going to be more people. Uh, same here. Yeah. I sincerely wish so as well. <laughs> um, but when I when I launched, so 
up up to last year, up to about a year ago, I was mm. actually doing Ruby more or less full time um, yeah. as a contractor. So I've been doing contract work mm. um, since 2009 mm. um, in various languages. I've, I've worked in telecom. I've, I've done various freelance gigs. Mm. Um, but the last couple of years, I was I was mostly mostly doing Ruby for an Irish company. Yeah. Um, and then last year, I decided that okay, you know, this is this is very comfortable. Um, but I, I want, I want my own product. I want something where I'm not just selling my time. I want to, mm. you know, plus I want something that, that I'm really behind where I, I'm kind of, you know, doing something positive, um, for the world, something creative. Yeah. And so I took my savings and, mm. uh, kind of calculated that, okay, you know, this is, this is the runway that I have. Um, yeah, yeah. let's, let's do this. Mm. Um, and so I started building the site. I started making mm. the first, you know, figuring out my production pipeline, writing mm. the first episodes. And then eventually in May, I launched. Mm. And at that point, I was still thinking that, okay, you know, if subscribers go up mm. month after month, and if I can do some, some, you know, so people can get a subscription either per month, but yeah. they can also pay ahead for a year. Yeah. And so with that in mind, I was like, okay, you know, if I can get a couple of annual subscriptions every month, mm. plus subscription base keeps growing at a certain rate, by the end of the year, I'm in the clear, you know, and I can just mm -hmm. sort of get past the cutoff point yeah. and everything will be golden. Mm. Um, it um, it underperformed by about half, I'd say. So like, yeah. it, you know, it just, I, it, it's still good. Like I'm still quite happy yeah, with the yeah, number yeah. of subscriptions yeah. that I'm having. So I have, have um, I'm at 71 um, paying mm. customers now, yeah. uh, plus two team subscriptions, two companies that, that got a subscription for their team. Yeah. So I think it's enough to validate the idea to say like, okay, you know, this is going to take some time. This mm. is what, what in startup circles is known as the long, slow ramp of death. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're making, well, you're, yeah. you know, you have revenue and revenue is going up, but yeah, you're also yeah. losing money every single month. Yeah. And yeah. so this, you know, by August, September, it was really mm. starting to get dire and it was like, okay, I need to, mm. I need to do something. You're bleeding out at that point. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, and it was it was really giving me a lot of stress, you know. Like I yeah, saw yeah, my yeah, my sure. bank card going down every every month. Yeah. Um, so I, I took on a freelance gig um, mm. that has kept me busy the past month, and so people might have noticed that it's been very quiet on Lambda Island. Yeah. I, I sent out a newsletter recently just to kind of make people aware of that. That okay, you know, mm. I'm sorry, but this is how things are, you know. I yeah yeah yeah. I need to I need to survive, and I, I want to keep doing this. And and yeah. there's going to be new episodes very soon. I'm working on the next episode now. It's going to be about uh, reframe subscriptions. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I had to kind of do that. But it's it's been good. It's been an interesting project, mm. and um, it should allow me to to be good again until well into next year. And then hopefully, you know, if subscriptions keep going up, yeah. um, maybe with a little bit of part time freelancing left or right, uh, yeah. I can eventually, you know, I think another year, hopefully less, mm. and I can probably live from from Lambda Island. Okay. Yeah. Uh, of course, I mean, we we, uh, we sincerely wish that um, it's, it's going to pick up soon. And uh, obviously you're on Defen now, so you know, there are a lot of Defen yeah, listeners, yeah. we are pretty sure. I think <laughs> and, your and future is assured now, Anna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sold, right? This is <laughs> like, uh, you're, you're, you're on the best vegetarian closure podcast in, in the world right now, like, like the yeah. number one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The most watched, the most listened. <laughs> most listened to, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, very but, very looking forward to. Uh, yeah. Le- let me let me quickly check uh, how my sales are going at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I mean seriously, I mean it's it's been it, it it's a it's fantastic work, and uh, I hope. Um, uh, of course, I'll I'll subscribe right after this show. Anyway, so I was I was planning to. Um, I'll do that, and hopefully the listeners who are listening to it uh, will will support you, and uh, especially because you you you're you're spending your time not only on this one and also all your contribution to Closure Bridge, you know, which are way more valuable. Uh, so you need to be supported, in my opinion. You, know, you have to. You know, people people need to support you. So yeah. um, so so big shout out to 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 uh, our audience. Uh, so go and check out lambdaisland.com, and um, I think it's 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 very. Um, valuable what what the money for the price that uh, that that uh, arne is charging so and, yeah and check it out and if you sign up at the moment you still get a one week free trial so you can look at some yeah. videos see if you like it yeah. uh, you know it's not going to break the bank 12 dollars a month yeah and uh, it's like the the one of those stupid grande latte bullshit crap that starbucks sells i think i don't know it's just more or less crazy. Than that, i think less than that yeah 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 Anyway, yeah. Well, uh, fingers crossed, we can uh, we can give you a little um, boost push. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be very nice. It's been it's been a pretty wild ride, so everything's yeah. welcome. Well, I think the fact that you're doing it, you're, you're taking that risk for the community, is pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, it's nice to see you know people like yourself giving so much, risking so much, you know, for yeah. for this language and. Um, you know, we all wish you fantastic success, you know, but we don't want to stop here. We should definitely no, 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 talk about some more things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there'll be a little sponsor section over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, but, I really, know. I mean, I'm obviously doing this because I, I love Clojure, right? Like, and I really want to yeah. see Clojure succeed. Yeah. Um, and I think there's still a big gap in, in documentation. There's mm. a lot of readmes that are just not not accessible. Mm. Um, yeah. And so that's that's basically what I'm addressing yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm really curious to see you know closure and closure script world domination because I'm 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 actually getting you know I I I came for closure but I think I'm going to stay for closure script I'm getting okay. more and more excited yeah. about everything that's happening there. Yeah, it's a funny okay. thing actually because um, one of the things that David Nolan talked about I think in his in his in his talk um, prior to the Euro closure and at Euro closure as well was how. Basically, closure script has has been kind of building up over the past few years, and you know all the kind of underpinnings that which put in in initially, and then gradually all these collections, and then gradually all the tooling that's come on top. You know, you can see that there's you know, like you said, you know, at the very beginning of the show, there's a lot of pain at the beginning with closure script. Or there was a couple of years ago, you know, and it, it's very off-putting. Um, but what would you what would you say the current state is? Because I think you're right that that the power is there but I, I still feel like there's a that there's a still a small barrier to entry bigger than i think than the javascript developers have you know a lot bigger actually um so but things are coming together especially with things like rom and re and uh re, reframe and reagent i mean th- those guys are doing pretty spectacular work so what do you think is the is the next sort of this is a long question okay <laughs> <laughs> question in the world I'm listening uh, yeah <clears throat> what do you think the next steps are to, to making it a bit easier to, to get on board with the closure script well the this is I'm not sure if this is uh, you know the something that is gonna uh, make it easier to get started with closure script but I think what is going to be the next big, big thing for closure script is going to be uh, the improved module support Hmm. So right. this is something that is is you know being talked a lot of, a lot behind the scenes, but I think not enough people know about. 
both ClojureScript itself and the Google Clojure compiler um, that that ClojureScript is based on are making great improvements to basically be more compatible with the existing JavaScript ecosystem. And I think that is really, you know, that's the that's the missing key. That's the the keystone that that we're missing um, to attract more more JavaScript developers and and more developers in general. Because it's kind of you know you have this language, this wonderful, nice functional language that compiles to JavaScript, and JavaScript is everywhere, you know, and everyone's doing JavaScript. But tapping into the JavaScript ecosystem, okay, there's CLJS, uh, which is already great, yeah. but it's a curated manual effort. And so the, the two big things that are going to come um, is a ClojureScript is going to get um, a system for basically detecting um, which identifiers are external. Mm. So now when you do, when you compile your code with advanced optimizations and you're referencing libraries that are not part of your build, then those will be, those, those names will be mangled or, or completely removed and, and everything breaks. So ClojureScript is going to get support for basically saying, okay, this we don't know what this is, so we're assuming that this is external. We shouldn't change this identifier. That's mm -hmm. already going to remove a lot of pain because now you have people, you know, they build stuff, it works. They want to put it in production, it breaks. That yeah. sucks. The other thing, and that's probably an even bigger thing, is that the Google Clojure compiler is getting support for um, the CommonJS, so the, the format that, that NPM modules use. So it will basically be possible to just straight up consume NPM modules uh, in in your Clojure Bridge build without without anything extra, and that is just going to be such a game changer. Hmm. Well, I think the I was just saying there that um, I, the, the work of Maria um, in the Google Summer of Code last year was the underpinnings for this modular effort. Um, yes, Maria Geller has has made a Maria huge Geller. contribution. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I watched her. I watched a video from Closure West or the Conch last year. I can't remember which, but um, but it was really amazing because she was explaining exactly how you, how she made these commits to the Closure Script compiler, um, and that's an example actually. You know, of, of someone coming into the community fairly new and was able to make some pretty amazing changes to the to the technology obviously with david nolan's support and mm -hmm, yeah. but you know still it's it's people have got the possibility there of, of making these big changes so what, the only thing because i was asking um about this uh, a while ago so when do we think all of these things are going to land because they've been they've been talked about for quite a while you know so are we are we looking like end of this year beginning next year do you think what 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 what, what do you think about the timescales? I mean, that is that is a very hard question. I mean, this is also something that David Nolan always emphasizes that you know things will be ready when they're ready. Sure, um, sure. Closure script, um, you know, as opposed to closure, like closure is an official um, Cognitech project and has resources allocated by by Cognitech. Uh, plus, you know, obviously people from the community contributing, yeah, yeah. but uh, at at its heart, it's a project that is being. Uh, run and, and built and maintained by Cognitech in in their paid time. Yep. ClojureScript also has um, obviously Cognitech people on it, like David uh, works for Cognitech, but doing ClojureScript is not his day job. Yeah. Um, and so there there I think there's a there's a there's a good side to that in that ClojureScript is a much more community driven effort. It's a much more transparent and much more sort of open source uh, project, which mm. I really appreciate. Mm. Um, 
but it also means that you know some things just have to wait until the contributions land until someone has the time and the effort to do it and um that's that's one of the things where i'm also hoping through through the things that i'm doing through my screen costs like okay mm. why you know why do i spend time talking about the closure script compiler um mm. or why do i spend time talking about what uh, what nrepl is and how it works you know this is partly to make people's lives easier that they just know okay how does this stuff work so they can use it yeah. but it's also to encourage people to dive in and to you know to look at the code and to understand that you know this is this is all written by humans like you and me and if you see something you can make better then then go ahead and do it yeah. um, there's a lot in our tooling that that still you know can can be improved and um, especially you know things like like piggyback is mm. is essentially unmaintained and and the whole CLGS uh, tooling system depends on it yeah um, so yeah I'm, I'm kind of hoping like th there's already a lot of people involved in the whole of community effort around closure script mm. but there, there's definitely you know and i wish i could do more like my you know again if i could could clone myself there's there's <laughs> so many things that i would be writing right now um yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah so it, it, it remains to be seen i think the the x to be to be concrete the, the externs the the definition of the externs that might not be so far away i mean i've, I've seen david nolan drop some hints that 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 shouldn't be too hard to get in. I'm not gonna, you know, put a time frame on it, but sure, um, sure. that that shouldn't be too far away. The NPM module support from Google Closure Compiler. Well, that's a whole different question because um, it's it's Google. I mean, there's you know, you just kind of have to wait for them. Yeah. Um, and all that we've seen so far is basically a mailing list post saying we want to do this. Yeah, yeah. But so also there. It's just no telling, yeah. Yeah, there's also Lumo uh, that has been yeah. just going on Twitter these days, right? I think the last couple of days. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Lumo, um, is it An Antonio? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. He announced uh, Lumo at the Closure Meetup actually last week. So I, yeah. I was there and it's a, it's a really great project. And I'm also quite excited about this because this might actually, yeah, um, be a game changer in that respect that with Lumo. So, so to, to, to quickly say Lumo is... Uh, a bit like Plank, it's a standalone yeah. closure script REPL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you just launch it from the command line, it launches instantly, and mm. you you know you can start doing closure script. Um, yeah. The difference with Plank is that Plank is built on JavaScript core. Yeah. So this is on the, the yeah this is the, the the JavaScript engine that that ships with Macs and with iPhones. Yeah. Um, whereas Lumo is built on V8, so it's basically yeah. built on the same technology that that uh, Node uses. Yeah. And so there's a couple nice things about this. Mm. Um, the first one is that uh, it, it's from, from the first release, completely cross-platform. Cross so yeah. I'm, I'm still uh, having trouble with Plank on Linux, mm. um, even though, I mean, they've been working on that and, and they've made great progress, but yeah. it's still not, not working on all setups. I think especially certain versions of Ubuntu, it's problematic, whereas Lumo mm. works beautifully everywhere, including Windows. So it's, it's also great yeah. for teaching. Yeah. And you can pull in uh, node modules and, and basically, you know, call into the node module system. Yeah. Now, of course, this is kind of, it's a bit cheating in a way because the fact that it's bootstrapped ClojureScript means that you're basically just not using the ClojureScript, uh, the Google Closure compiler. Yeah. So you're not getting those advanced optimizations, which 
if you're not using advanced optimizations, then yeah, all of this stuff also works in regular closure script. You know, it's those yeah. advanced optimizations that always cause the problems. Yeah. But still, it's really cool. Like, you know, you can just, you make a package.json, you mm. install those modules and you say JS require yeah. and you're off. Yeah. So for all kinds of scripting, for teaching, for tooling, um, I think this this holds great promise. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I've I've been shouting out uh, to everyone <laughs> who wants to hear. You know, check out Lumo, <laughs> use it, play with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get a chance to play with it yet. I mean, I just saw this on on on, uh, on Twitter. Um, I think uh, since the last couple of days, I think um, a bit. So the, it just got into my my to do list. So I really need to check that out. Okay. So um, because you're, you're into closure script, so maybe I should ask at least one controversial question. Uh, <laughs> to 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 to. Uh, uh, I should I shouldn't have told you you can ask anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just curious, like uh, because you're you're doing, um, because of your screencast. I mean, you're getting into so many libraries and you're playing with them and you're making them palatable to the to the to the people who want to learn. Um, so, what is your if you want to start your own? Obviously, you built Lambda Island. I'm assuming it is built on Closure. Um, mm -hmm. So I, this is two part question. So one is, you know, what is the stack that you used for Lambda Island? And the second one is, what is your preferred stack of libraries in, in Clojure Script these days? Because there is there are so many right now. So yeah, yeah. Uh, good question. Lambda Island itself is um, a, a traditional quote unquote uh, web app in that all the, the HTML is generated on the server side. Yeah. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not a big one-page app. Uh, I thought for mm. for the kind of site that it is, like as much as I love, you know, doing React stuff uh, and yeah. and playing with with ClojureScript, for the kind of you know, content-driven, um, yeah. document-based site, it just made much more sense to mm. to keep it simple. Um, and what I'm using there, so it's it's uh, plain old Composure. Mm -hmm. um, if I would do it over, I might uh, use uh, Yada and and BD, um, yeah. but but at the moment it's it's just a bunch of Composure routes, mm. and I kind of have a bit of my own conventions of how I split them into files, um, yeah. and then I'm I'm making a lot of use of NLife okay. to generate HTML. So I kind of have this hybrid setup mm. where um, I'm using. Um, and live to basically have just plain HTML files that can then act as templates. Yep. Mm -hmm. Plus, I have a bunch of um, functions that that basically look like React components, so they're just functions that return hiccup. Mm. Um, and so those those combined is is how I generate uh, my HTML. Okay. Um, it uh, it runs on a Postgres database. I'm using HoneySQL for the database. Mm. Yep. Um, yeah, trying to think what else is in there. And and how do you deploy it? Uh, where is it running? It's running on a. Um, I was gonna say Digital Ocean, but no, it's yeah. actually on. What are they called again? Up. Linode. Up, no, Ooh, it's something up. Upcloud. Upcloud. Up okay. Cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. Because so last year, about a year ago, there was the the closure cup. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this hackathon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we we also participated in that with uh, with a couple of people here from Berlin, and we built this thing called the Land of Quill, where people can like try out Quill in the browser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we we ended up winning the Closure Cup, and one of the prizes was uh, I think it was five hundred euros worth of credit yeah. at this UpCloud. Yeah. And so I've just been running on that. <laughs> like I haven't paid a, a, a dime yet for nice. you know yeah. um, keeping Lambda Island online. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, okay. so it's it's just sort of running on a on a virtual server, which I, I've deployed myself and kind okay. of keep up to date. Yeah. Okay. So the, the the second part of the question. So if if you were to build a SPA or a single page application in in Clojure Script, so what what would be your preferred libraries and stack? Reframe, hands okay. down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Any I any mean, any reasons or? So I think Reframe is just, um, you know, if you look at where React is heading. Hmm. So people, um, you know, there was first React and then they realized, oh, you know, React goes well with immutable JS. Hmm. And then people realized that, oh, you know, React is just a view layer. We need something to manage our state and to manage events. Yeah. And then um, Redux came about. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, now you're having, you know, you're stacking ES6 and JSX and immutable JS and Redux and all of that stuff together just to get kind of a a functional yeah. experience mm. and basically all the same stuff you get out of the box with reframe plus mm. you get this beautiful elegant lispy closure script um yeah it's and it's it's really wonderful how it uh so the the idea behind reframe is that mm. you know you have you have your reagent components that's your views yeah and there's a single reagent atom which is your application database which holds all your state yeah and then in one direction, you have these subscriptions, which mm. are basically queries of your database that make the data flow mm. back to your towards your component. But they also mean that um, it can be very, uh, very efficient about realizing what needs to be re-rendered and and what shouldn't be. Mm. Uh, so that's that's the stuff that that uh, is all going into the episode that I'm writing now. Okay. Um, and then on the other side, you have events which can cause side effects mm. and there also reframe just has a beautiful story of mm. how you can model so the the main side effect is updating the database and that's yeah. built in yeah. um, and there's libraries for doing things like ajax mm. um, but the way that that works is instead of actually you know making a side effect effectful call mm. you have effect handlers that return a map that describe the effects that need that need to happen yeah. And so all of these effect handlers, they're pure functions. You know, you can test them as pure functions and all of the actual side effecty stuff is handled behind the scenes. Okay, yeah. And so this is this is a really nice design. It's uh, mm. I'm, I'm a big mm. fan. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So obviously you're, you're, you're making screencasts for reframe. So this is one another probably good reason for people to subscribe to your uh, <laughs> yeah. so your, if, uh, your episodes. If, yeah. if that pitch good. was anything to go by, you know, you should check out reframe. <laughs> and if you're, if you'd want to learn more about reframe, uh, just go to some screencasts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I think um, we covered most of the topics that, that we want to cover. Uh, Ray, do you have any, any questions or um, any comments? Um, well, again, like you say, we could probably talk all night about this stuff because yeah. you know, there's so much interesting stuff in this area, yeah. but we're mm. coming up on the hour mark, so we probably yeah. you know, better let Arna get back to his uh, screencasting <laughs> and back to his work. So it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah no, it's really fascinating. You know, I think it's, um, it's, it's been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I think we've learned a lot of stuff. So you know, I'm happy to kind of start wrapping it up, but yeah. if you want to have a few more bits and pieces, Vijay? Yeah, of course. Um, uh, obviously, I mean, Arne, thanks a lot for, for joining us and, and sharing your uh, your experience with Clojure. Uh, yeah, it, it's, thank it's you. Been, thanks for thanks for having me. It was really nice. It, it, no, it's, it's, been, it's been yeah, it's been a pleasure. And I just want to do a quick uh, couple of uh, round on um, a, a quick round on uh, what events are happening around uh, in, in Clojure. So obviously, Clojure Conch uh, is going to happen in December. 
um, this year. Uh, the Closure Conch on December 1st to 3rd uh, in Texas, Austin. And this time Rich Hickey is going to keynote it. So uh, it's been a long time since we saw Rich Hickey on a, on, on, on a <laughs> yeah, keynote. Yeah, so. curious if it's going to be another, you know, classic Hickey talk that <laughs> we can share for years to come. Exactly. And uh, there are a couple of events coming up. Uh, Closure D is in uh, February, I think. Um, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. here in Berlin, the, the German Closure Conference. I think it's end of February. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Closure D. And, and uh, I'm not sure if the RFP is still open, though. Uh, the probably. CFP closed yeah. uh, last week or two weeks ago, I oh, think. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but that, that's, uh, that sounds like a very fantastic conference. I've, I've never been there. Maybe Maybe this year I'll try to see if I can join. And yeah, and if you want to meet the whole, you know, like I said, we have a really nice community going on here. Yeah. So you really should come. I know it's winter. It's not the best time to visit Berlin. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we'll we'll keep it warm and, and you know, cozy inside. Uh, of course, of course. I mean, I'll, I'll try my best. And um, uh, and I'm part of... Uh, uh, There's just another quickie there, Vijay. Yeah. There is this closure exchange in London as well. Oh, yeah, in December. On the 1st uh, the and 2nd of December. True, so, true, true. That is true. Yeah, so yeah. That's also coming yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, so there are two conferences happening at the same time then. So conch in, in the US, <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, as I was saying um, last uh, week or something, um, I got together with the organizers of the Dutch Closure Day. We were organizing it last year as well. I was part of the organization of uh, Dutch Closure Day in Amsterdam, and um, for the long time, uh, probably the long time listeners of this show know that uh, Defen Podcast originated at uh, <laughs> at Dutch Closure Day, or at least the seeds of it. Um, we are planning to do the Dutch Closure Day again uh, uh, next year. Some, uh, I think the date is probably March 25th. Uh, we're still organizing some details and figuring out um, how the conference is going to be. So those are the those are the I think news and events happening. And obviously the big news is Lumo that we talked about a bit uh, yeah. that happened in Closure World these days. So um, I think that's it. That's it for me as an update. Um, back to you, Ray. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> we're, we're, we're experimenting with a format this time. Let's say, you know, exactly. It's back to front. So, you know, yeah. um, no, I think that's it. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Arne, again. I yeah, think we probably just need to uh, make a few shout outs to. Uh, to the people that help us to put this all together. Yep. Um, we have uh, Pizzeri who does the music um, and he has a SoundCloud which you can listen to. Uh, we also have uh, a shout out to Wouter actually who started to take over the, uh, the, the editing. He's also doing some video editing for us. Yep. So shout out to Wouter. I'll put his uh, details in the show notes as well. Yep. And then finally, we have the credit to the designer. Yeah, I think you've course. got more information about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lubov, uh, our um, uh, logo and everything has been designed and, and uh, we were able to distribute some stickers of Defan and they were very popular at um, at Euroclosure. All of them are gone. And we were able to also give some uh, nice Defan limited edition mugs to the uh, to, to the to the people who uh, were kind enough to talk to us at uh, at Defan on, on the on the uh, video. So uh, it's designed by Lubov, and of course we'll we'll add uh, our, our information into the show notes as well. So if you need any design, see designy work or something, don't forget to uh, keep uh, these people in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Nice. Okay. Well, brilliant. Thank you very much. All Thank right. You. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs>